Hello and welcome to Zila Stocks. This podcast is a quirky take on corporate culture and all things Zilas. Zilas is a software solution provider based out of Ahmedabad, Gujarat. We are a 12-year-old company with 100 plus team members on board. We have expertise in software, web and mobile app development along with the creative command over UI UX designing services. We also hold a no bond policy along with benefiting female employees by availing 2 days of menstruational work from home. We are passionate to quote your success. Check out our website which is linked in the description. Hi guys and welcome to new episode of Zealous Talks. This is your host for the episode Jahana, content writer at Zealous. Uh this episode would be a bit different. We have special guest with us Zen. who is working with zilla since a long time now and is reporting straight from south africa and in this episode we would be covering a bit uh, about synergies which is zen's brainchild and uh, we would be also covering how tech has implemented his uh, lms system and what's his take on ai and how he felt achieving a little milestones on his journey so without further ado let's just dive in so coming to our topic zen can you brief the audience about synergies in just two lines very quickly sure so synergize and um, is a solution that was founded here out of south africa um it's a platform that's been developed to provide both online and in classroom training solutions performance solutions and talent solutions for market um we are a small startup but we're competing with you know the massive um you know billion dollar enterprises globally um in in the same space um, and gaining massive traction okay so would you like to name your competitors like who are those with whom you are competing right now so we we kind of competing um against the likes of cornerstone on demand um saba um, is another one um some total uh, is is another platform we uh, compete against um and it's just really it's, it's really fun to watch you know that you know the, these massive organizations um and and what they're doing and, and how we're able to achieve you know not just what they're able to do but in, in a lot of cases more than what they're able to achieve um uh, so it's going really really well okay great great so coming back to synergies as uh, it's your brain child right so how did you come up with the idea like what was the thought process behind it so it's actually a funny story um so i i've been involved in the the learning space and the e-learning space for many many years um uh, but at the same time i've been very passionate about technology and so i think my first ever job that i started was in it um i would carry cables around and plug in network points um but but really been passionate about technology um and and learning and development and you know part of my career led me to assisting organizations with um implementing their learning platforms and implementing e-learning content on their platforms and the one day I was working on a project uh, at a large bank and they were using oracle's lms system and i had to assist in putting the content onto the platform and and it felt like you needed a a phd in rocket science to get this content onto the platform and out of interest i asked the the content manager or the, the lms manager just to show me what the employee experience would be um and the employee experience was even worse it, it almost felt like um as an employee you had to go through hundreds of clicks 
you had to have you know in-depth knowledge of oracle just to gain access to learning and i think that sort of sparked an idea inside my mind around you know how can we expect these learning solutions that we try to deploy to our organizations to work if they're not designed to be engaging for employees and that's really how synergize was started so it, it started with the point of view of um, user first um, design principles we looked at what would be the perfect solution for an employee to engage with um, for them to get the most benefit out of and then we kind of built it backwards from there to incorporate all the features and functionalities that you would expect in an enterprise learning management system uh, so that's really where it began and uh, you know we've we've seen immense sort of success with the solution uh, i think in our first year we had 5000 users on the platform um, and today we're going to cross over probably close to 1.8 million users by the end of this year and so so it's really just grown from strength to strength and i think really it is that ethos of um, taking a design first approach um, and taking the actual users that are going to benefit from the solution to heart so they say that just like any other great idea that just parks in the middle of the day the same way your app idea born in the same way am i right yes you know and i think that uh, it's sometimes these these events that happen to us in our lives in our daily lives that that can spark really really interesting things you know so we we see it time and time again in multiple industries where founders have an experience and based on that experience they realize there's a customer need um, and i think to start anything new you need to solve a problem where there's a pain point um, and definitely within the lms space you know when we started synergize there was a huge pain point with user engagement and user adoption so all in all just to make that layman life easier uh, you started this lms that's exactly it i mean that's pretty much in a nutshell it was not just to make it easier but to make it more engaging You know, I think the challenge is um, we're in such a digital age at the moment, and any piece of software you develop or any platform you create, you are immediately competing for the other 150 apps that are installed on a user's phone, um, and most of those apps are designed to take their engagement um, away from you. Um, whether it's social media, whether it's YouTube, whether it's TikTok, you know, these solutions are built in such a way that they swallow people's engagement, they keep people engaged on their platforms. So. If you're competing with these systems already, uh, you've got to put out a product that's going to bring engagement back to you. Um, otherwise, it's just not going to work. And to be fair, this user attention span has gotten so much lower. It's just like five seconds, ten seconds, and boom, the user is gone if you're not able to capture it in just within mere seconds, right? That's exactly it. You know, there was a, an interesting. Um, comment on one thread on Twitter and the guy said you know you can take years to build your app and it takes just 2 seconds for a user to delete it off their phone um, and i think that's really the, the premise of it you know you've really got to look at how do you keep your users how do you keep them engaged and that sort of equates them to success now that we are on the topic of digital transformation and something on those lines uh, how tech has really impacted uh, this lms system So I think tech in general has impacted LMSs in a big way. You know, at the start sort of of the industry, learning management systems were really geared towards just being uh, glorified databases that tracked and stored learning information. Um, but as the digital age sort of came forward and technology became more accessible and the internet became more accessible, um, we started to see a shift and a move to people experimenting with um, using not just the LMS to store training information, but to deliver training itself. 
Um, and then the rest is really history. You know, it's grown. We've seen these massive industries that have popped up. Um, you know, organizations like Udemy, uh, which are, are some of the largest you know, online content providers in the world, uh, have just boomed because now we've got this ability to, to access content, to access things digitally online. Um, so technology in, in, in general has impacted the industry in the sense that it's almost evolved it to not just being a data storage a solution, but actually being a full end-to-end offering. People these days can get a certification course uh, sitting at the home at that comfort space in just like three or six months and bam, they are just done and dusted. I think that's exactly it. You know, I think historically, you know, um, we saw that you know people gain, gaining access to education was a challenge. I think with the boom of, of, of ed tech and learning technology, is we're seeing a, 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 de- a democratization of education um, around the world. You know, and you know we've we've seen it with communication. You know, if you think about um, twenty years ago, you know, to connect with somebody um, and to speak to somebody. Um, it cost quite a lot and it was very hard to access. You know, you either needed to have um, a fixed landline or um, a, an effective way of, of communicating with people. Um, and we see now, as we fast forward to now, where, you know, communication is virtually free. Um, I mean, I can't remember the last time I paid to send an email, you know. So that's really where we see um, ed tech going and learning going is that the actual access to education it's becoming democratized. It's becoming more and more accessible. And in essence, it's becoming um, almost to a point where I believe in, in the next few years, we'll see education being predominantly free um, in terms of the content that's out there. Yeah, no, it's almost free now. Just the rest of uh, some important stuff that you have to pay money for. So uh, can you throw a little bit light on growth and overall journey of uh, synergies so far? Um, so yeah, so as, as I said, I think earlier, you know, when, when we started off, it was an idea um, to you know create something that not just looked good but functioned well, um, and you know that was back in in two, 2017, um, and we were onto something really good right at the offset. You know, um, when we noted that you know within our first three or four months, we were no longer using our runway, and we had already secured our first client uh, that was covering base costs. Um, and by the end of that first year, we had 5,000 users. Uh, it then grew steadily for, for around three years. We went from 5,000 to 20,000 to 50,000. Uh, and then COVID happened. And, you know, COVID was uh, a very interesting time, you know, for the world, the pandemic, because what it immediately forced is it forced every organization to think about how they can work with their employees remotely and what remote solutions, you know, would be available. Um, and then that's when we saw the boom of a lot of these remote-based platforms like Zoom, um, like Teams and these sort of solutions. And it was around that same sort of time that organizations really started to embrace um, digital learning. Um, and we were right at the forefront. And we were very privileged to be there at that point. Um, so the timing was really right for us. And we saw a massive, massive uptick in our user acquisition throughout the pandemic. And we've actually continued that growth as more and more organizations have seen the success of digital learning sort of impacted on us um, and where we've really gone from having you know 5,000 users in our first year of business to now going to cross over 1.8 million users at the end of this year um, it just really showcases just how um, you know the world is changing how certain events in the world can affect different businesses um, but it's been really phenomenal to be a part of this journey um, and, and to watch it grow the way it has well the numbers are looking quite great a little off topic question how did you feel 
or how did you felt when you achieved that 5000 number milestone i am i am thinking it it's a milestone right you know for me it it was exciting because it meant that there was belief in what we were doing you know i think if you do anything um, if even just 100 people buy into your idea it means there is a belief and uh, if, if you want to go and 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 read up on something re- really really interesting which i think shaped a lot of my thought process and the way that i do things um, it's a gentleman by the name of naval ravikant and you know he put out a tweet um, called how to get rich without being lucky and it, it was quite an, an interesting tweet because the tweet itself the the the, the tagline for the thread was very clickbaity but when he actually went into it and there was about 52 things that he mentions um he spoke around a lot of principles around how utilizing technology can um be used to create a sort of sustainable future for yourself um and a big part of what he spoke around there was saying called network effect and he said that no matter what it is that you're passionate about or no matter what it is that you love doing it's almost guaranteed that there's at least you know 50,000 people in the world that are just as passionate about it and will support you. Um, so for me, really, with Synergize, when we had our first 5,000 users, it meant that we're getting closer to that number of, of supporters. Um, and that's really what you want to sort of try and drive, is, is you want to get that initial supporter base, uh, early adopters that are involved in your solution. And that just really, this is like a big tick to kind of say that, yes, we're onto the right idea. This is actually going to work. Um, and then really from there, it's just around building it in a way that scales and meeting the, the, the needs of your users so that, you continue to innovate and still capture their attention and capture their engagement so the novels tweet give you a little boost isn't it but novel novels tweet are very on point very bang on and along with not just his tweets but i think i'm recommending novels podcast to everyone oh boy you should listen to it just for once no but most definitely you know and uh, you know i follow him closely um i i enjoy listening to his outlook on life um both in business and in personal life um so he's a phenomenal resource um, for the world um, and i highly highly recommend that people follow him and that people um, just go back you know go back through through all the content that he's created and start at the beginning um and work your way through it it, it will be hugely beneficial and valuable to you so was it tough for the layman like when you put out uh, synergies out there in the market was it tough for them to adopt such system thinking they it's just new for them uh, well, i think that was the point of what we did is we wanted to sort of make it in such a way that um, it wouldn't be tough for the layman it needed to be intuitive you know nobody taught you how to use facebook nobody taught you um, you know how to use tiktok um, it's intuitive So the idea with synergize is that it had to be intuitive. It had to mean that when a user first access accesses the system that it makes sense to them what's happening on the screen and that it's easy for them to navigate and achieve the specific outcomes that they want to achieve. Um where we found our system to be complicated, we've had to then go back and sit with our product team and figure out ways of making it more intuitive. You know, historically back in the day, you know, you would put out a piece of software and you would have a 160-page manual for your software that people had to read to know how to use your platform. Uh that just doesn't cut it at the moment. You know, once again, we're competing with so many other solutions out there. It's got to be intuitive. You got to make sure that uh, you're able to um, adopt your uh, onboard your users and get them to adopt your solution with ease without needing to explain to them what it is that they need to do. 
I think when the user don't exit that new app in 10 seconds I think it's just a big green flag for the app right now talking about a very short attention span no most definitely and, and I mean it also depends on your personality you know so you might find someone like myself who likes to explore different apps so even if the app really doesn't make sense um I, I'll take the time to figure it out uh, but you know there's there's a couple of apps and platforms that I've gone on to where that user experience is just so fluid and so intuitive that you just don't want to leave the app you just enjoy being within that environment so much um, and that's really what you want to aim to achieve and that's what we strive to achieve you know with our synergize platform is that a user will come on and it just feels like wow this this is really a space where i can find out information i can gain access to learning um, i can explore things about the company i'm with um, whatever it is um, but it needs to be that sort of intuitiveness um, that drives through so i think for us Um, if it's ever ever tough for the layman to use our platform, then we're doing something wrong. So that's the particular uh, USP, and that's what you have focused on. Okay. So how do you envision the integration of AI, which is transforming the world right now, as we are talking, and especially into your LMS system? So, so I think for me, you know, AI is um, it's going to be a game changer for learning platforms. I think in the next decade we probably see it making sort of significant impact on things like course personalization or adaptive e-learning. Um and what I mean by that is that you know there's already stuff that we're doing with regards to using machine learning and statistics to sort of guess and gauge um you know what learners should be doing on the solution. But I think what AI does then it takes it a step forward because AI has got this massive backend library of information that it can learn from. and it can use that information to really tailor and drive you know um, what we call sort of customized or adaptive learning pathways for users um, so i think that's going to be a big sort of thing um, that we're going to see uh, in terms of integrating ai um, and the other part of it is then also they're bringing in ai as a, a way for people to have access to assistance um, you know where historically you would need to have a teacher or a coach um, or a lecturer or facilitator available to you if you're going through some complex um, courseware. Uh, with AI now you would almost have a virtual um, always available 24/7 always friendly always helpful lecturer facilitator or teacher that can answer any questions that you might have as you're working through the content. I think you would be aware of the new Windows update that has just rolled in where there is a little bar of AI and that's being now shown in our computer and it it would be something like that right? that's pretty much it um, you know and you know i think we only starting to scratch the surface of what ai is going to bring not just to to the learning technology landscape um, but global technology and everything that we do um, but i see huge huge value um, you know coming to to the edtech space um, and i'm super excited about where our future is going to go with ai so what do you think would be the drawback if we are talking about the complications of ai um what would you name them and how you think you will overcome them so, so i think one of the biggest drawbacks of ai um, especially in edtech and e-learning um, is twofold so so one is privacy and sensitivity of information you know um we need to be sort of cognizant of what the ai is doing and what it's storing and tracking um, around our user our users on the platform itself because uh, you know ultimately learning and your your own personal learning journey is is something personal to people So we just need to be cognizant of that. 
I think also we need to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, AI can also be used as a means to um, do specific work or tasks like assignments and exams that aren't necessarily your own work. Um, so, so those are challenges that we need to look at. Um, and really for me, it's around, um, I believe, the sort of requirement to knowledge test people, you know, um, in terms of how much information can they remember is obsolete. That shouldn't be important anymore because um, information is going to be so readily available. So you don't need to know the history of the world or you don't need to know the 15 principles of something uh, because you can get that information in seconds. But what I think you need to start learning or we need to start teaching people is how to um, ask the right questions um, and how to problem solve certain scenarios. So where I see sort of AI solving those issues is AI can assume the persona um, of a scenario for you. So if you, for example, are in the workplace and you're doing a course on conflict management or conflict resolution, um, you can then engage an AI in a conflict situation. And that AI can then um, be um, sort of abrupt with you. It can um, argue with you. Um, it can really immerse you in a situation where you are in conflict. And then after you've done resolving that situation with the AI, it can then give you a nice feedback report to say, well, this is where you dealt with the conflict really well. These are some of the other areas you can improve. And here's the actual content in the course that you can access that will help you improve those areas. And here's some other things that you can read or some videos that you could watch that can help you deal with conflict in the future better. And I think this is a huge step for us, you know, is that, you know, it now gives us this ability to do scenario training at scale. Um, to do immersive training and to really then use AI to build that ability to problem solve and build that ability to be um, technical as opposed to just having you know millions of people out there in the world that just can remember things um, because remembering something is really obsolete. Oh, you are reminding me of my school now. The mug up thing that we used to do in our school is just so bull right now and it's just no, of no use. <laughs> I, I mean, the, 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 there's a great thing I always say, you know, when life gets really tough and, you know, you're trying to, you know, deal with maybe your kids are misbehaving at school uh, and your boss is being terrible or your car breaks down, um, do you often sit down and go, you know what, thank God I learned Pythagoras at school, you know, this is exactly what's going to help me right now. And it's no, because that's the problem, you know, I think with the schooling system is it's still teaching uh, people based on what we taught 100 years ago. It was a system designed for knowledge retention. It was a system designed for um, obedience. It was a system designed for everyone needs to do the same job or similar jobs. Whereas today, we're seeing the world as a very different space. And I think what AI is going to do for that is it's going to make that whole education approach obsolete. We're going to have to start teaching people how to apply knowledge. We're going to have to start teaching people how to problem solve um, and not um, how to retain information how to regurgitate, you know, um, all the parts of a cell or explain what photosynthesis is. You know, all those sort of things are just not important anymore because we've got access to that information at the click of a button. No, no, I completely agree. And AI has opened a lot of job. Like we are having a job of prompt engineer out there in the market and where you can create new prompts for AI. I mean, how cool is that? a new platform and that's just creating a lot of a lot of jobs right now i think it's pretty cool yes but that, that's exactly it you know it's, it's like we spawned these new industries i mean a couple of years ago um, no one even knew what a ux designer was now a really good ux designer is the most sought after person if you're building an app you know um, 
So it just shows you how industries change and how new roles and new positions are formed, um, you know, based on the technology that's available. So coming back to the last question now, how has Zealus helped you in bringing your vision to life, like in terms of the domain knowledge, their experience, their communication, and I feel overall in general team. Uh, so that's a really good question. And you know, I've worked with the Zealus team for for many many years. You know, before um, I started the Synergize solution, you know, we had a, another software agency that I was part of um, and worked with Zealus then. But really, when we started Synergize, you know, we had a mandate, and our mandate was you know, we needed to be lean, uh, we needed to be agile. And what that meant is, you know, I didn't want to create an organization that was top heavy or that was resource heavy, because what that would mean is if you had a lot of employees at the start, um, you would have a lot of costs to cover. And ultimately, uh, it would be a lot harder for you to achieve, uh, you know, break even or profit um, at, the, at the early stages. So where Zealous came in uh, of huge help to us is that we were able to bring in the skills that we needed um, as and when we needed, which meant that you know, as we were in the initial build phase, we had a lot of skill sets that were brought in, a lot of resources that could help. Um, as we finished the build stage and we went more into implementation phase, then we could reduce that quite easily. So it meant that it allowed us to be very agile with our resources. So we could almost expand and uh, reduce our team size um, as and when needed. Um, and this has really allowed us to be very agile. I think the, the second part to that is the technology stacks that we've chosen for our solution uh, Zellers are very well versed in that and it means that we can actually rely on them to make the best sort of decisions for the way that they implement the technology or the code bases um, in, in our solutions um, and they work hand in hand with our internal development team. So really what we have is almost a extension of our, um, of our office that's now based in India um, and it just means that we've just always got this confidence to say that we can take on any project, we can implement any solution, no matter how big that solution is, because we know we've got the resource backing sitting behind us that can grow, you know, sort of as and when needed. Um, so that's been sort of fundamental, you know, to what we've been doing. And, you know, I think the biggest challenge that a lot of software founders have and a lot of software startups have is they realize that they need to outsource the work, you know, but the problem is that to find the right outsource partner is, is, is a challenge, you know. Um, a lot of people, um, don't do what they say. You know, a lot of companies will promise the world and when it gets to the, the crux of it, you know, you find yourself in a world of trouble. Uh, whereas the opposite with Zealous has really been around, you know, Zealous, you know, do what they say um, and they do it really, really well um, and they support that process. And I think right from top management, you know, um, through, through to um, the individual developers, everyone's just eager to sort of get involved, um, solve problems, come up with solutions, and really, you know, go the extra mile. So I think for me, um, it's been awesome having that partner. Um, and, and, and that's really what Zealous is to synergize. It is a partner to us uh, to help us along this journey. And as we continue to grow, you know, they will continue to be working with us um, into the future. Well, I, I really had a good time talking with you. And I did got a lot of insights on AI and the education system. And it was a good talk, I feel right fantastic okay so i would be wrapping up this episode now i this is your host signing out i'll see you guys in the next episode until then keep your code clean and your coffee strong bye